From 90.7 WFAE, this is Newsworthy for Thursday, February 15, 2024. I'm Eric Thiel. U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg will visit Charlotte Douglas International Airport today to announce nearly $1 billion in investments headed to airports across the country, made possible by President Biden's bipartisan infrastructure law. The investments are designed to help modernize air travel and improve the passenger experience. They're part of the president's Investing in America agenda. North Carolina Attorney General Josh Stein is appealing a decision that allows Duke Energy to raise electricity rates in central and western North Carolina. Nick Delacanal has more. The decision by the North Carolina Utilities Commission allows Duke to raise rates by about 15 percent over three years. The utility estimates that could work out to around $18 more a month for a typical consumer. In a statement, Stein says the rate increase is too high, and he's asking a court to reject the increase. A spokesperson for Duke Energy says the decision was issued after extensive evaluation and public input, and the increase will help fund critical investments in the state's power grid. Stein is running for the Democratic nomination for North Carolina governor and is considered the frontrunner in the Democratic primary. Nick Delacanal, WFAE News. The top Republicans in the North Carolina legislature say they're open to considering legislation to legalize video gambling in the state. WRAL reports that House Speaker Tim Moore and Senate Leader Phil Berger say there's interest among state Republicans to legalize video slot machines through the state lottery. Revenue could go to educational initiatives. It comes after lawmakers last year approved mobile sports gambling, which is slated to launch March 11th. Berger says there are no plans to approve additional casinos in North Carolina this year after lawmakers in the House rejected a proposal last year to approve four additional casinos in the state. In-person early voting starts in North Carolina's 2024 primary races today. Eli Portillo has more. Absentee mail ballots have already been sent ahead of the March 5th primary election, but voters now have the option to vote early in person. Mecklenburg has 22 early voting sites across the county. You can cast a ballot or register to vote at any of them. Registered Democrats and Republicans have to vote in their party primary. Unaffiliated voters can choose either. Voters will pick candidates for president, governor, attorney general, and statehouse seats from each party. The winners of these races will face off in the general election come November. One thing you'll need this year to vote, an ID. You can find a full list of acceptable IDs, or what to do if you don't have one, at ncsb.gov. There's also a tool to search for early voting sites. Early voting in North Carolina ends Saturday, March 2nd at 3 p.m. The Republican state primary in South Carolina is Saturday, February 24th. The latest poll of South Carolina voters from Winthrop University shows 65% of likely primary voters in the state support the nomination of former President Donald Trump. He has a 36% lead over his opponent, former South Carolina governor and U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, according to the new poll. Trump is the top pick for the Republican presidential nomination among all likely voters in South Carolina, but independents are more evenly split between the two candidates. Among independents likely to vote in the upcoming primary, 42.3% support Haley, while 42.6% support Trump. Among GOP voters only, Trump maintains a stronghold at 72 percent. Charlotte Mayor Vi Lyles says the city is taking steps to provide more bathrooms in uptown Charlotte for people experiencing homelessness. That's after the city council on Monday voted 7-3 to to recriminalize public urination and defecation, among other offenses associated with homelessness. 
Speaking on WFAE's Charlotte Talks Wednesday, Lyle said the city on Monday installed two porta johns in Uptown to help. We already had on Monday night record where we would have two of the portable um, toilets that will be placed on county property in the center city that are on the way. And so we have until March 1st to enact these things. The new ordinances take effect on March 1st. In addition to public urination and defecation, public drinking, sleeping on park benches, and panhandling from the median of a road will become arrestable offenses. Police Chief Johnny Jennings says police intend to seek voluntary compliance and use arrests as a last resort. You can hear that full Charlotte Talks conversation with Mayor Lyles at WFAE.org. Staff at an aquarium in Hendersonville say one of their stingrays has become pregnant, and they don't know how. The female stingray at the aquarium and shark lab became pregnant about three months ago. Staff say she's not been with any males. Dr. Dan Dombrowski is with the North Carolina Museum of Natural Sciences. One of the things that sometimes we see, uh, surprisingly, uh, are females that, that live alone and haven't had contact with males of their species that somehow start to develop uh, viable embryos and, and have offspring and babies through a process we called parthenogenesis. Aquarium staff have also theorized the stingray could have mated with a white spot bamboo shark moved into her tank last July, though Dombrowski believes that's unlikely. The Charlotte Hornets are winning. The team notched its first three-game win streak of the season last night, rolling over the Atlanta Hawks 122-99. to the Hornets haven't lost since adding five new players just before the NBA trade deadline last week. One of them, Trey Mann, had 21 points, eight rebounds, and six assists in the most recent win after moving over from the Oklahoma City Thunder. I feel like I'm, that, that's what I can do. You know, coming in the league, I had the reputation of just scoring. So uh, in OKC, that's what it was. But I always felt like I added more to a team. I could bring more to a team. And now I get that opportunity, so I'm just trying to go out there and show that I can do more than just score. The Hornets don't play again until next Thursday as the league takes a break for this weekend's NBA All-Star festivities. Joey Logano of Mooresville-based Team Penske won the poll last night for Sunday's Daytona 500. It's the first time the former champion will start in the top spot for the Great American Race. It's about time, huh? <laughs> it's, a, it's a special, a really special poll. Um, this is something that, you know, as a team, this poll is talked about more than any other racetrack we go to. And a lot of it's because you eliminate the variable of the driver. Tonight, NASCAR will hold two 60-lap races to set the rest of the starting lineup for the 500. A well-known family in North Carolina textiles is taking legal action to try and prevent Charlotte's Atrium Health from receiving millions of dollars as part of an inheritance. Descendants of Charles A. Cannon, who served as president of Cannon Mills in Kannapolis, filed a petition earlier this month. Tony Messia of the Charlotte Ledger Business Newsletter joined our Marshall Terry for our weekly segment, Bizworthy. So walk me through it, Tony. How significant is the Cannon family in local textiles, and how did Atrium end up on the receiving end of their inheritance? Marshall, the Cannon family is one of the best-known names in North Carolina textiles. They pretty much built the city of Kannapolis, and you know they had thousands and thousands of workers. They dominated the market in sheets and towels. 
anybody that's been in the Carolinas for any period of time would remember, you know, the Canon name. It was Canon Mills, later bought by Pilotex. And when it closed in 2003, it was thousands of workers laid off. So it's a very significant family. And the family created a trust in the 1960s for the benefit of their grandson, Charles A. Cannon III. He passed away a few months ago, and it turns out that the trust directed whatever was left in the trust account to go to Cabarrus Memorial Hospital. It is now a part of Atrium Health. So the question is, is directing money toward Cabarrus Memorial Hospital the same as directing the money toward Atrium Health? Okay, so that's the how. Now the why. Why does the Cannon family not want that money to go to Atrium? Well, they say that that entity doesn't exist anymore. They say that Atrium is now a large corporation and that it was intended for the benefit of Cabarrus County and the Cabarrus County institution. They say that instead they should be allowed to donate that money to a religious, charitable, scientific, literary, or educational purpose that was also mentioned in the trust. The court filings don't say exactly how much money we're talking about, but it's believed to be millions of dollars. So what happens next? Well, they filed court papers in Cabarrus County asking for a judge to help resolve the issue about this identity of Cabarrus Memorial Hospital, whether that exists anymore or whether it doesn't. And so probably like most court filings, it would either be determined by a judge or there would be a settlement. It's going to have to be worked out because Atrium is saying it believes it deserves that money because it is the successor to Cabarrus Memorial Hospital, but the family uh, has a different view. We reached out to Atrium Health. They said in a statement that they believe the law is clear on this matter and that they are the successor to Cabarrus Memorial Hospital. All right, well, let's go over to the housing market now. You report that after two years of decline in home sales in Mecklenburg County, we may start to see uh, that number go up. Why is that? It really, Marshall, for the last couple of years, the number of homes sold in Mecklenburg County has declined by double digits year over year, you know, 20% declines uh, in some cases. This is because interest rates and mortgage rates are higher than they have been previously. People are not selling their homes as much, so you're not seeing as many closed sales. But according to Canopy Realtor Association, which tracks that data, uh, in January, it was just a single-digit decline. So it, it could be the case that those number of closings are sort of stabilizing a little bit. And the optimistic view would be um, that we're going to see the number of closings uh, increase again off of that floor. All right, let's finish this week with an update uh, to an update you had last year, and that is what is going on with the now legendary Quail Hollow Pit. Uh, first, remind us what that is exactly. Yes, Marshall, this is a 19-acre site, Park and Glen Eagles Roads in the Quail Hollow area. It's officially called Quail Hollow Village. A lot of people sort of call it the the pit or the the D.D. Harris pit. It's owned by Harris Land Company. There was some interest last year. In September, the Business Journal reported that there were multiple offers on the property. It said that the company that was screening the offers was hoping to figure it all out by the end of September. Since then, it's been complete crickets. It sounds like actually it's back to the status quo ante where nothing seems to be going on there. I reached out to uh, the company that was marketing that land first and early. They didn't really want to talk about it, but it does sound like it's kind of quieted back down again. All right, Tony. Well, thank you. Thanks, Marshall. That's Tony Messia of the Charlotte Ledger Business Newsletter. Support for BizWorthy comes from the original Mattress Factory, Sharon View Federal Credit Union, and our listeners. And for Thursday, February 15th, that's Newsworthy. I'm Eric Teal.